0: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Digest, your one-stop podcast for thought-provoking insights and compelling stories. Each episode, we sift through the web's richest content, carefully curated for those with an insatiable thirst for knowledge in the realm of self-improvement. So sit tight, open your mind, and get ready for an adventure of understanding and inspiration. Today's episode is brought to you by Blogcast, your personalized audio feed available on iPhone and Android. In today's episode, we explore the age-old question of what our purpose in life is and how to experience true fulfillment. Bernhard Kutzler's article delves into the importance of finding meaning in our lives and how it can lead to a sense of purpose and fulfillment. He offers practical tips on how to discover our purpose and align our actions with our values. So if you're feeling lost or unfulfilled, this episode is for you. Let's dive in.
1: What is our purpose in life? How to Experience True Fulfillment Written and read by Bernhard Kutzler Why are we here? What is our purpose? These are fundamental questions of life. To find an answer, I followed the advice of Albert Einstein, who said, Look deep into nature, and then you will understand everything better. Follow along as I share what I found out. The purpose of a bird is to fly and become the best flyer it can be. The purpose of a cheetah is to run and become the best runner it can be. In nature, there are no lousy flyers or runners. Nature forces every life form to be its best version in order to serve its purpose as part of the whole. Otherwise, it could not survive. The result is a healthy symbiosis of all life forms. Isn't it great and uplifting to be in nature, surrounded by living beings that live their highest potential and serve their purpose? Flying is the essence of birds. Running is the essence of cheetahs. To find our purpose, we must find our essence. Since we are a life form, the essence of a human is a special case of the essence of life as such. So... We find that out first. Everything in the universe decays as time passes. A leaf withers. A piece of meat rots. It may take a long time, but eventually stones decompose into fine sand. Even stars collapse when they reach a certain complexity. Decay destroys complexity. But there are also things that resist decay. Think of a leaf on a tree compared to a leaf that has fallen from the tree. The fallen leaf withers within a few days, while the leaf on the tree remains what it is. We call this phenomenon life. This word has the root lipe, which means to stick. How is this possible when decay is omnipresent? There must be a force at work that is the antagonist of decay. Since decay destroys complexity, this antagonist must create complexity. The appropriate word for this force is growth, because the Latin word creare means just that. When growth meets decay, there are three scenarios. When growth is stronger than decay, the result is an increase in complexity. When growth and decay are equal, the result is stability. When growth is weaker than decay, the result is a decrease in complexity. This is exactly what we observe in all life forms. Let's take a tree as an example. In spring, growth outpaces decay and the tree develops new leaves. In summer, growth and decay balance each other out. In fall, growth is weaker than decay and the tree loses its leaves. We humans go through the same three phases. As a child, we thrive. Our bodies grow and our physical and mental abilities grow. This corresponds to spring. As we age, our bodies wither and our abilities, such as physical strength, decrease. This corresponds to fall. The essence of life is growth. Even though growth is not always visible, it is present in everything that lives. A life form must grow to stay alive. For a deeper understanding, let's take a closer look at life forms. There are four types that build on each other. The first type is cells. A cell is the basic unit of life. The second type is plants, which are collectives of specialized cells. The third type is animals, which can be considered collectives of specialized plants because organs and tissues are just that. The fourth type is the human, which is a specialized animal. Humans have a tool that no other life form on this planet has. The mind. For a meticulous derivation of this typology and a detailed description of the mind, see my book Consciousness, Its Nature, Purpose, and How to Use It. Since growth is the essence of life, all life forms grow throughout life. In fact, every type of life form introduces a new form of growth. Cells grow in number, through division. Plants grow in number and size. Animals grow in number, size, until they reach their optimal size or when they need to heal something, and their sensory motor skills. Humans grow in number, size, sensory motor skills and mental skills. The essence of a life form as a special case of the essence of life as such, is nothing other than its highest form of growth. Therefore, the essence of a cell is survival, which is the most elementary manifestation of growth. Survival is a complex process that includes growth to resist decay at the molecular level and growth through division. The essence of a plant is physical growth. The essence of an animal is sensory motor growth. The essence of a human is mental growth. The purpose of a life form is to express its essence in the best possible way. So, the purpose of a cell is to survive with as many copies as possible. The purpose of a plant is to grow in size and to grow as large as possible. The purpose of an animal is to grow its sensory motor skills and become as good as possible such as the best possible flyer or runner. The purpose of a human is to grow mentally and to become as competent as possible. To serve their purpose, non-human lifeforms never stop growing, even if the growth is not always visible. In adult animals, sensory motor growth means compensating for the natural decline of their abilities and hereby staying as fit as possible. Every athlete can confirm this. Nature takes care of this. Lions and gazelles, for example, motivate each other to stay fit. The least fit gazelle has the greatest chance of having no chance when hunted by lions. Conversely, the least fit lion has the greatest chance of having no chance of catching a gazelle. So, our purpose is permanent mental growth in which we outgrow ourselves day by day. We have a memory of having done just that. It is the memory of our childhood. This memory creates the longing we feel throughout life that causes us to search. As a child, we curiously explored the world by asking why and why not in countless ways with all our senses and we grew from that at a tremendous pace. But as we got older, we were drawn into the limitations of adult life, which includes trying to satisfy our curiosity, which is nothing more than mental hunger, with substitute methods such as food, possessions, sports, and later sex, information, travel, and drugs. But that doesn't work. Our only true fulfillment comes from the experience of growth. Many people feel that they want to grow and try to meet that by growing physically or sensory motor. But in both cases, there are physical limits that eventually put an end to it. Physical growth is an increase in height or weight. Height growth usually ends before the age of 20. Weight growth is possible throughout life, but apart from unhealthy forms of weight gain that lead to obesity, You could do bodybuilding. However, this has physical limits. Once you reach them, all further training serves to combat decay and maintain what has already been achieved. If you can only maintain what you have already achieved, your mind may tell you that is great, but you no longer experience growth and, therefore, fulfillment. Consequently, physical growth will not fulfill you throughout life. The same is true for sensory motor growth. You can train to be as good as you can in a sport, but there is a point at which you cannot grow further. When you reach that point, all further training serves only to not lose what you have already achieved and to maintain the level. And you no longer experience growth and therefore fulfillment. Consequently, sensory motor growth will also not fulfill you throughout life. Mental growth is an increase in knowledge and know-how, such as understanding, insight, mental skills, such as speaking foreign languages, and creative expression. It is achieved by curiously exploring the world and creating within it. There are no limits to how many languages you can speak or how much you can remember, understand, know, or create. Therefore, mental growth will always fulfill you. But this needs a word of caution. Information is not the same as knowledge. When you read a book on nutrition, you are gathering information. When you do your own nutrition experiments, possibly based on what you have read, you are gathering knowledge. Knowledge creates fulfillment. Information provides only short-term superficial satisfaction. You can observe this in children. Children strive for knowledge, not information. That's why they ask most questions silently in their play. When they ask aloud and receive answers in the form of information, they continue to ask because information does not satisfy them. Pablo Picasso is one of the best role models for lifelong growth. He created about 50,000 works of art in constantly changing art styles. He never stopped growing until he died at 91. His life motto was, I am always doing that which I cannot do, in order that I may learn how to do it. At first, it seems to be a challenge to live your purpose because there are endless possibilities to grow mentally. Should you learn foreign languages, study physics, explore nature, write poems, paint pictures? Perhaps you feel drawn to one or more areas. But is that the truth? It could just as easily be one of the many programs that control you. If you have the courage to free yourself from your programs, what remains is what you really are. A genius in a field that will reveal itself. Once that happens, nothing can stop you and you will be rewarded with the highest form of fulfillment. If you want to know how to free yourself from your programs, listen to my blogcast, The 7-Step Method to Become What You Truly Are, or read my book, Being Free, Get Out of the Box. Here are two exercises. Exercise 1. Reflect on the three types of growth in yourself: physical, sensory motor, and mental. A famous exclamation by the Greek philosopher and mathematician Archimedes expresses mental growth. Eureka! This word means, I found it. It is said that Archimedes, while taking a bath, discovered what today is known as Archimedes' principle. This principle states that a body heavier than water sinks in water, while one lighter than water floats in water. With sheer joy, he got out of the bathtub and ran through the city shouting, Eureka! Eureka! He was so euphoric that he didn't realize he was naked. This story beautifully illustrates the tremendous fulfillment we can experience when we grow. It is in our nature to invite Eureka moments into our lives. Exercise 2 What eureka moments have you experienced in your life, in childhood, in adolescence, in the last two years? How can you invite eureka moments into your life again? More exercises are in my book, Being Free, Get Out of the Box, The Method with 99 Exercises.
0: If you enjoyed this, you may also like our other podcasts, The Productivity Digest, The Psychology Digest, and The Life Digest. Stay curious, stay inspired, and thanks for listening.